The Joe Mays and J-Rap Show is brought to you in part by Mays Sandwich Shop, serving delicious hometown favorites to the West Lawn community since 1947. Are listening to the Joe Mays and J Rap Show, bringing you the latest news and commentary on baseball. The 0-2 pitch, swing and a miss, struck him out. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. Hockey. Football. The Big it, Ten Championship lies on a measurement. Did he get it? No! He didn't get it! Penn State holds! They brought back the fun, they brought back the excitement, and now they've brought back a Big Ten Championship. The Penn State Nittany Lions are Big Ten Champions. And the NFL. He's in! Patriots win the Super Bowl! Brady has his fifth! What a comeback! Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 238 of the Joe Mays and J-Rap Show. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me, my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be back. You know, I... I I know we had a little bit of a break there for the show, but I, I had missed a little bit before that. I had the email in in uh, my picks. Um, so I'm glad to be back and be able to start talking football. Last night, and this this will kind of – this may resonate more with you, but um, last night uh, I, I saw we were at a, a, a party for my father-in-law, and uh, Mrs. B was there, and Mrs. B said to me, <laughs> I'm ready for football. Oh, okay. Whoa. That tells you that the two Phillies things. are bad. One, it's time for football, and two, the Phillies must be really, really bad. Really bad. Yeah, <laughs> the Phillies are really. bad. They won today. One out of ten, right? That's what we're. They, that's they, what they I'm thinking won now. last night. Yeah. They, well, yeah. and actually, I heard someone uh, discussing at um, one of three parties we were at this weekend, all for children nine or under. Um, this is our lives. This now. is our lives now. <laughs> But the party was at last night. I heard someone talking about up to this point where I think the Phillies are play about ninety games so far. <laughs> around that, yeah, they've been in. I think it was twenty eight one run games. I don't like where this is. Going. Uh, well, and they had they and if you win just half of them, as of last night, they would be just eight games back of first. Wow! But obviously they didn't. No, <laughs> you know, they no, didn't. They didn't win that no. many. So. They're they're not getting a great bullpen or closing situations. They're not getting clutch hitting, and the hitting is massively inconsistent. I mean, you could say that about the pitching technically too, but I think yeah. the inconsistent offense and then the bad bullpen closing situation. Right. Not that the starting pitching has been lighting right. it on fire. The the rest of the season though shouldn't even focus on winning games. I know that sounds ridiculous at professional sports. It should be get these young guys on track. Some of them have been up and down. Some of them have just been down. Figure out what we've got with the young guys because it's time to start moving forward next year. Next year, we need to start making steps in the right direction because I was hoping that we would make a step in the right direction this year 
that clearly did not happen. So hopefully this is the reset year. You know what I mean? And and we can start building from here because it's not good. Yeah, we will see what ends up happening with uh, the Phillies here in the long term. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We will eventually, I think, if we can squeeze it in, recap our baseball picks, maybe. <laughs> Just because, yeah. honestly, the fall is so busy with us recapping the NFL season on this show and then also squeezing in Bulldog Hour episodes. It's tough for us to you know, take accountability for what we predicted in Major League Baseball, especially when the Phillies aren't going to be as good as we expected. Right. That kind of uh, tempers our uh, willingness or, ex- excite- or excitedness to uh, talk baseball and recap what's going on. Well, and on. to be fair, when, when, when Mrs. B have, has moved on to baseball or to football season, I don't know, know who yeah. is out there wants to hear us talk Phillies at that yeah, point. Really, you yeah, know, you're right. Like, you're right. Yeah, because she's the one who like Super Bowl Sunday would be okay with us talking Phillies. You know, like oh yeah, there may not be a more diehard Phillies fan. You know, not that, but like I don't want to say it's all relative compared to the other sports. You know what I mean? Like right. when I think of rooting for other sports, I don't really. She doesn't come to mind. But when it comes to baseball, absolutely up near the top of the list. No, know, yeah, so. for sure. It kind of just gives you an idea of where the Phillies are and where the fan base is. So, well, where we are is in our 2017 NFL preview. Yes, and we're up to our fourth division, which means we will be at the end of the show, halfway through our pro football preview for this upcoming season, rapidly approaching. Actually, in three weeks, we have our fantasy draft. Crazy to think about. And I selected my keepers today. Oh, nice. Who'd you go with? Um, I went with Des Bryant and um Melvin Gordon. Who are you having a tough time? Not Only really. in whether I should trade somebody ah, okay. or <laughs> to try and get an out of their actual keeper. Like, all right, so you you weren't a hundred percent sure you liked Gordon and Bryant. I, I like them. I don't know that you thought you could possibly keepers, do better, but. It's all relative again. My roster, that's who I'm keeping. It's there was another wide receiver that I thought of, but like ranking wise, he's down there, but mm. I like him. So I don't know. It's interesting that one of your two is a receiver because I was just talking about uh, talking about our fantasy league with Adam uh, two days ago at uh, one of the birthday parties, and he's keeping two receivers. Yeah. And I told him, I'm keeping two receivers just to clarify for those that don't know like it's not a ppr league no it's not um so it it is one of those things where it's not ppr but it reflects the league (laughs) everybody gets back there and passes a ton right that's the state of things now and and there's been running backs by committee and backs don't have great years back to back so again i i know i've talked to you a bunch about this about baseball specifically like uh the baseball tonight podcast with buster only um the i don't know if you've heard any of the um, know them from Adam. That um, I've heard of it, but I okay, haven't actually. So, um, oh, what's his name? Adam uh, Schefter from uh, ESPN. He does a podcast, yep. and he had D'Angelo Williams on, and it was it was just really interesting. And they were just talking, and D'Angelo Williams is like straightforward. He's like, I'm a running back, so obviously, like, I feel differently about it. But um, I think there were 17 kickers and punters that are making more than like quote unquote the average running back, like. Um, it, it's hard for a running back to get three million a year right now. Basically, um, there are a couple that that do, but even there, like I think Adrian Peterson's on a three point five million dollar per year for two years. Right. So now again, 
there there are stipulations with that. Adrian Peterson has been off the field, all this stuff. But like, you know, there are quote unquote big name running backs that aren't getting big money and punters and kickers, there are seventeen of them that have that are making more than three million a year. Like it's just the devalue of the running back position. And they talked about that a little bit, but it, it was just really interesting um, what they were talking about in, you know, with regards to that. So um, I've found myself more and more really liking the podcasts of ESPN. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and, and they also have started the 30 for 30 podcasts, which um, I haven't really gotten into yet, but I'm excited about that. And I've heard good things because 30 for 30 is one of my favorite things that ESPN does. And is there anything the else? Podcast, is there another option out there? Well, College football. I like, I like, well, college okay, football. yeah. I, I know, I know. Um, but yeah, so that being said, that's kind of where I'm at. So, yeah, so, well, hey, it is what it is. I do like, yeah, that 30 for 30 stuff is, is pretty good. So, right, yeah. Um, so let's jump into our AFC South preview. That's where we're at. We did. We started with NFC West, did the AFC West, then I did the NFC South by myself and got your email. We were close to say like we just flip-flopped one and two. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, and honestly, it surprises me in the moment, but after hearing you talk about it, I probably at one of the little kid birthday parties, (laughs) we were talking about it. Um, Yeah, because you were talking about how one of your keepers is related to the offense. (laughs) Yeah, so... I, yeah, and I wanted to. I just didn't have the guts to pull the trigger on. I, and I like, pretty much said it. Stuff. No, I didn't call you. Like, yeah. I didn't say like you didn't have guts. I but you know bet, me. You knew me I well said, enough I to bet know. Justin is, is contemplating <laughs> switching these, yeah. but he just couldn't do it. Uh, that was actually the first one of any of us to change up a playoff team from last year. Now I did say I thought the Falcons would be a wild card, so I'm only okay. kind of right. you know dropping them down a notch whether they won a division last year. Well, and part of it was. Tampa Bay, I thought was going to make a bigger jump last year than they did. They made a huge jump last. year. I know, year. but like I thought they were going to contend last year, and they, they, were nine they and almost seven. did. Yeah. They almost did. So I feel like this is a huge year for them. Oh, I, I definitely do. I definitely think it's a big year. Yeah, and I, I think they're going to continue in the right direction. I just don't know that they have enough to catch the Falcons. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the Falcons, though, because you know I don't know. Super Bowl hangover lost lost the the brain of the offense. You know, in a way, like I. Will Matt Ryan regress? Because we've seen him peak pretty high before, you know, and then regression. So is he going to continue to do, continue to get higher or like what's going to happen? So right. just interested to see. So Yeah. So are the Buccaneers, you know, a team that a lot of people are high on, guilty? A team last year that everyone was high on, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. So are the Buccaneers going to be the Jaguars in 2017? Which would be bad for me because that just means I, mean, I don't see them going three and thirteen, but that just means they're not going to fulfill off season expectations. Right. I think there's two teams that have big off season expectations. One of them did make the playoffs, the Bucks, who I expect to make the playoffs, and a lot of people are pretty high on them. The other is the Raiders, who faded at the end of last year, still made the playoffs, right. but a lot and, are really high got, on them. Got to pass a little bit because of the quarterback situation. Top two quarterbacks got knocked out. Like I, I think the Raiders are going to continue. But you're right. Like it wouldn't really surprise me, um, you know, because I, I, you know, I made that pick, and then you ran through all, like all the close games they had, and I was like, oh gosh, like Joey's right. Um, but I think the Raiders continue to build in the right direction. But like you said, leading into the AFC South, 
that brings us to a, a number of teams here. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly where you want to start. Do you want to start with Jacksonville? Yeah, well, because well, they were the they were the bottom last year. I I think I guess Tennessee. I bring them up just because I feel like that's why I thought we were going to go with them this year. Now right. I know we do these separately, but looking at the other teams, I feel like as high as I I was hoping they would do last year, as high as on them as I was. Obviously, they weren't ready, and I don't know right. if any of the changes they've done will get them any more ready. Right, but part of me is like, I don't know that they need that many more parts. Like, I feel like it was production. Like, I feel like it's production, and that becomes a, can these guys ever reach that level of production? You know, basically, was it the coaching, <laughs> or was it, is it the guys? Like, I, I don't know. Um, let's put it this way. Where do you put Blake Bortles? Is Blake Bortles going to carry this team to seven wins this year? Yeah. I mean, going into last year, people were super high on Bortles, actually, to the point where my dad and Todd were actually thinking of keeping Bortles and letting Rodgers go. I think they did let Rodgers go. They did, but I don't think they 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 didn't keep Bortles. Now, the the thing that we always kind of look at, it would go back over their schedule. They started 0-3, 1-2, and then they lost, what, like nine in a row? Something like that? Yeah. Well, and the owner really started mishandling the, the coaching stuff there. Like, either fire a guy or don't, but don't fire him and then have him fly back with the team. Right. Like, that's a, just a joke. And I know the owner wants to be – he wants it to be like a big show kind of stuff, but – you know, sometimes the owners can't get out of their yeah, own way. And, uh, they missed the playoffs for the ninth straight year. They Like Justin just said, they fired Gus Bradley towards the end of the season. And the thing that I want to point out, though, is while they were 3-13, and they lost eight games by a touchdown or less. Right. So so it's there. Um, they drafted a big running back, didn't they? Yeah, they drafted uh, the guy from LSU. Yeah, Fournette. Leonard Fournette. Yeah, so... I feel like that could really help. I I think they make a jump. The problem is, is their jump going to be high enough? I know it's a it's a new coach again this year, right? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah they so. got rid of du- Gu- yeah, bleh. they got rid of Gus Bradley and they brought in Doug Marone. Doug Marone, who, was, who had success in Buffalo and as the Syracuse. interim, right? Yeah. And no, no, he was the head coach. He was head coach, at but Buffalo. then yeah, and then and, he was he was basically like, this isn't right, for me, right? And bounced. And and it, that's really weird. So it's a weird situation because like I want to like. The Buffalo Bills ownership, um, because it's the Pagulas who are big Penn State supporters, you know, and, and Penn State hockey specifically. Right. Um, yeah, I know that's so. Like, I, I want you know, I want to like them, but sometimes I look at some of the stuff that happens in in Buffalo, and I'm like, that's yeah, I know another one I, that I'm can't really get out of the way. Board. But that being said, um, I think they do make a step up. I like I said, I think the pieces are there for them to be good i think they just need production and you know it it wasn't working under gus bradley but you know what i think marone has proven that he can do it as a head coach in terms of taking a team that was underachieving and start to move in the right direction and that's what he needs to do here they don't need to make the playoffs this year they need to move in the right direction if they can get the six to seven wins i think that's a plus i think they get to seven wins Using the against seven win. I do. That's a pretty good jump yeah. for that. Well, yeah. we've seen it with first year guys, and we talk about it all the time. First year head coaches. Well, and they, you have a different atmosphere. They had a first round pick last year that didn't play, correct? 
Or was that the uh, year no, before no, and he was no, backlash? Yeah, that was okay. Dante Fowler. Oh, okay. so, no, Miles Jack, they, he dropped him the second sorry, they got sorry. him. Um, and they had Jalen Ramsey, who is, looks incredible. He had right. a great year right. last year. Um, they've lost, uh, you know, they lost some people in free agency, but again, it got a three and thirteen team. How much are they lo- really losing? They lost uh, one of their first round picks to the Steelers. I mean, a previous first round pick signed with the Steelers in free agency, and Tyson Alulu, uh, Prince of Mukamara, who's been a, a veteran defensive so back. So he's one that he's I wanted the Chicago. Eagles to get. I wanted the Eagles to get him, and I'm glad they didn't. He has not really panned out. Uh, Going on to his third team already, I think. Jonathan Cyprian, who's there, started safety for a while. He signed with rival Titans. They lost our boy Jordan Hill, former Penn Stater and Lebden star, yeah, <laughs> to the Detroit Lions. And uh, Luke Jokel, who is a number one overall pick, supposed to be you know a guy locked down at tackle, never panned out. He moved to guard and then signed with the Seahawks. And then we know that uh, Julius Thomas ended up in, in Miami. Cashed in. But nice thing about that is he reunites with Adam Gase, who had right. huge no, years yeah. with him in Denver. So right. I'm still hopeful of that. I know he didn't quite work out in Jacksonville. I mean, he you, had some here's, production here's what it healthy. Is. You don't need him to be what he was in Denver. You just need to be him to be more than he was in Jacksonville. Yeah. Right? And and let's let's be honest. Like I like Blake Bortles, but Ryan Tannehill has shown more than Blake Bortles has. Yeah. Right? So yeah. And under Adam Gase, you hope that that's the right connection there, like you said. So. Uh, and we were remiss to not mention friend of the show, yeah. uh, Chad Henney, re-signed with the Jag- Jaguars. So Heck he yeah, is back Chad. in Jacksonville. Good for him. Yeah, good good for him. I I hope he uh, I hope he uh, finishes out this two year contract and uh, gets another one. You know, if you're yeah, having keep a it going, good time doing it. Why not? And he is he has proven that he can be a capable starter in this league and is a great great backup, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I think the Jaguars keep hanging on. To well, him. and it was. Yeah, it says a lot to me that they hired the who was the guy who was the offensive coordinator last year to be the coach. That guy who is the head coach, not necessarily calling all the shots, but that guy who is the who is calling the shots at least on the field thinks it's worth keeping him around as the backup quarterback. You know, like that. Yeah, that speaks to what it what it is in the, in that system anyway. So that's good. Now they didn't. The Jaguars did make a few uh, off season free agent acquisitions. Uh, some splashes of their own, bringing in Brandon Albert from the Dolphins. It was supposed to be, I think, a trade with Julius Thomas, and then they ended up both, I think, releasing it. It was a weird situation going on in March. Uh, but the biggest one was A.J. Bowie from Houston. Mm-hmm. You know, he was uh, the Texans' number one cornerback, and now he's in Jacksonville. Clayus Campbell was thought to be a lifelong Cardinals player, comes back to Florida where he played uh, college ball, I believe it. Was he Florida State or was he Miami? I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to remember now, and I'm, of course I'm not going to remember. Well, he played in the state of Florida, his college football. Uh, big get for the Jaguars there. Barry Church from the Cowboys on a much maligned Cowboys secondary, still a uh, reputable starter there in the defensive backfield. And then Earl Watford, another Cardinals player, comes over to sure up the offensive line. So Jacksonville made some nice free agent signings. Will it pay off? Well, you already heard Justin say in the draft they had Leonard Fournette, uh, fourth overall. He's supposed to be a game changer and come in and start from day one. Then they continue to overhaul the offensive line by bringing in Cam Robinson, uh, thought to be a first-round pick from Alabama. Yeah. He, they got if him in the second. If that pans out, that could be a huge pick, not just for them, but just not just because they got him in the second round, but because he, if he's healthy, a lot of people picked him as like a top-five talent. You know right. now, it doesn't always work out that way, but 
you know, they could have, they may have gotten a steal there. They may have gotten a bust there. It's hard to say, but um, well, same thing goes with in D. the second round to possibly get a top five talent oh, yeah, is incredible. Yeah, and it's the second straight year they've done that. Yeah, with Miles Jack the year before. In the fourth round, they took D.D. Westbrook, who's a very, very Again, productive yeah. receiver at Oklahoma. Um, some injury stuff and questions about his translation to the NFL surrounded him, but he was very productive. So mm-hmm. if they can get anything out of him, that's a boon for him. We were hoping to see Allen Robinson bounce back after a down year yeah. last year. But again, yeah. is that more teams adjusting to him, him having a bad year, or Bortles? I think it's I think it's all of it. I think it was all of it, a little bit of each. Adding Fournette, I think, actually helps more than adding Westbrook in that case. But, um, you know, I, I think if you get more production at the other places and more time, you're going to see Allen Robinson's numbers jump up again. Yeah. So we talked about Doug Marone being the head coach, the offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, D coordinator, Todd Wash. The interesting thing to me is looking over the other coaches and seeing some former NFL players now really jumping up yeah. in plenty of the other, other yeah. spots. Justin Jacksonville, Tyrone Wheatley is the running back yeah. coach. Keenan McCardell. McCardell is the wide receivers <laughs> yeah. coach. And we saw it on some other teams that we've been looking over. And I'm like, yep. wow, look at all the former NFL players now. Yep. Some of them stars in their own right. Some of them stars just by names from college. Like Wheatley was more of a college guy than mm-hmm. a pro guy. But McCardell is a Jacksonville legend. Yeah. So having him on the staff is an interesting tie. And we're seeing that kind of propagate throughout the NFL. Some players that we watched growing up are now becoming, mm-hmm. you know, they've broken ranks. They've done their duty in high school, low college, high college, or in a low level NFL, you know, in a spot that barely gets mentioned on, on roster or in coaching staff pages. Now they're getting bumped up and are the head positional coaches or coordinators. So it's, it's, it's an interesting thing to see that I just wanted to point out. So you think they jumped to seven. That's a I four do. win improvement, three and 13. So seven and nine for Jacksonville. I assume you don't have them in last then. Um, I'm going to have them tied for last. Okay. Yeah. I don't know that the numbers will shake out. Like, you know, well, I we never, we right, never, but like, I have them tied for last. I think it's more of to say how improved are they going to be? How competitive are they going to be? How are they compared to other teams? Yeah, we that, kind of throw out kind of numbers just doing. to kind of have a numerical meaning to our expectations. Uh, yeah. Like, how much better or worse do I right. have this team than last year and compared to the other teams? So, from three and thirteen to seven and nine from you, I'll say from three and thirteen to six and ten. I okay. do think I agree. like going over the schedule and seeing eight losses by seven or less, and there was like four by four or less. They were in games, and if you have better quarterback play, you probably you might win three or four of those, and yeah. that puts you six to seven wins. So I think six and ten, but I do think that's last place okay. in the AFC South, um, which is where they were last year. Now, third place last year was Indianapolis at eight and eight. Is Indy the team you have them tied with? I do. Okay, I have them at seven and nine. So you like, have I, Indy dropping back I, another I one to seven and nine. I like Andrew Luck a lot. I just don't. I'll be honest. Like Ryan Grigson has made some moves that you're like okay, and a lot of moves that make you scratch your head, and that's why he's gone. <laughs> right, <laughs> and they're left with that mess. And I just don't know that they have what it takes to make a big step up. And I think the other teams in this division are stepping up. So while I think the offense will be dynamic at times, I don't think they've done enough the other places to really step up in comparison to the other teams. Right. Like, honestly, of the teams in the division, now, Houston, it's a little weird because they were at the top of the division, but... 
let's take the other three teams. I probably feel like they improved the least out of the three teams. Mm-hmm. And I show that I by agree. I have them dropping a, well, a game. I think they're going to be seven and nine, right around 500, seven or eight wins. But I, I, I think they're going to be right there with, I think they're going to be closer to Jacksonville than the other teams in the division. That's, and at times they may have the best offense in the division. But there are going to be weeks, and we see this the last two or three years. There's going to be weeks where you're like, oh, they're one of the bottom seven or eight teams in the league. You know, like you have times where you'll see them as the top seven or eight teams, and you'll have games where you see them as the bottom seven or eight. And that's just not a good place to be because I think that's good. I think they're, when it works out, they're going to be closer to that bottom third of teams than the top half right. or top third. I agree with you. I think they're a seven, eight win team. I look at last year, I don't see much improvement this offseason. Right. They were eight and eight, so seven or eight next year, I think, makes sense. While they lost, I think, four games by like five or less points, they also won a few games by that many. Right. So I think it's kind of a wash there. But the teams they lost to were probably as good, if not better, than them. And then the teams they beat, kind of not not the best. Right. Um, they beat the Chargers, which they probably should have. They beat the Bears, which they probably should have. They beat the Titans. That's probably a push. They beat the Packers. That's not a game they should have won, but they won. They beat the Titans again, probably a push. Beat the Jets, should have beat the Jets. Beat the Vikings, I'd say that's probably a push. And the Vikings at that point, though, had but really bottomed out. But they were starting to trail. Yeah. And they beat the Jaguars. Like, right. what what win there is you're like, the Colts are a great team. Yep. But then who'd they lose to? Lions pushing for the playoffs. Broncos pushing for the playoffs. Jaguars, that's not a good loss. Right. Texans in the playoffs. Chiefs in the playoffs. Steelers in the playoffs. Texans in the playoffs. Raiders in the playoffs. Yeah, like so they lost like to good they're teams. They're an average but, team. They're an right. average. Team. They're an average team last year. I think they're close to an average team this year, and I don't think that they got better. Whereas the expectations I have for the Jaguars, I think they're they underachieved last year and are going to get better. Right. I think the Colts are kind of showing us who they are, and I think that's an average football team. Yeah, unfortunate for them. But the, in the off season, they also lost Robert Mathis and Pat McAfee. Uh, usually, a punter doesn't come up on the show, but he was one of the better ones. Uh, Mike Adams, a veteran safety, gone. He's in Carolina now. Uh, What did they add? Not all that much. And once again, people weren't thrilled with their draft. They took Malik Hooker. I like Malik Hooker. I like that pick. But But I don't know that anything else really jumped out. No. No. Not at all. But they obviously knew they needed help on defense. The first three picks were on the defensive side. Right. And then they added the three at the end. Right. (laughs) And that's not to say that those guys won't turn out. But, all right, so you have two rookies at cornerback and safety, you know, maybe starting in your secondary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, good luck with that. Right. You know, in the NFL now. Like, not that they won't be good, but there's a learning curve there. Right. So, I I just think, think think they're in trouble. So, New GM, new regime. I think they can get it turned around, but if that, do you I think, don't think they really realized how good they had it with Polian as their yeah, as their right? GM. Like I don't think they did. Polian and Son, yeah. Uh, like who you, now, by the way, is Chris Polian was on the Jaguar staff. <laughs> so does Ursay? Obviously, Ballard will be back next year because this is his first yeah, year. I highly yeah. doubt you unless get, they're unless they bomb it. But well, even, but even there, then, it's his even first there, year. Right, right. Like. You don't tell a GM. You, you got to give a GM at least two years, if not three, okay. to get his guys so on the roster. So is Chuck Pagano? That's gone? exactly <laughs> where I was going. If they finish even at seven or eight wins, is Pagano back? Yeah, they're he's gone, and they're drafting a quarterback. Probably. Well, no, they're not drafting no, a quarterback. Not drafting a quarterback. But like, 
yeah, they're they'll go with whoever luck wants it at head coach or something like that. If if because if they're there, then the problem is that Pagano won eleven games the first three years, couldn't yeah. get over the hump against the Patriots and the Ravens in the playoffs those years, and now has gone five hundred. If he goes five hundred again or I think worse, he's done. How do you reward? I mean, especially you change the GM. Right. So and, GM, you he doesn't have to prove he should keep his job. Let me rephrase that. He doesn't have to worry about like making the playoffs as much as proving he's worthy of keeping his job. Does that make sense? They're, they're tied right. together. No, but, like yeah. he needs the onus. It the like the the null here isn't him staying. I mm-hmm. should say he has to prove that he deserves to stay. Right. It, it like the status quo is not him staying at this point because they changed the GM. So you have to think the status quo gets him fired. He needs to exceed the status quo, and I don't think they do that this year. Right. So and if they get off to a slow start, then it's even more awkward because right. they change early. Right. Absolutely. So we have Jacksonville in last or tied for last, Indianapolis in third or, or tied for third, however you want to say it. Uh, who's your second place team? So I actually just switched it right now. My second place team, I'm going with Houston. So am I. <laughs> okay, but and I literally sit here because I hadn't didn't do this. I didn't prep for this I did at it. all. I, I, I didn't really prep, but I gave it some thought. So I, yeah. I kind of looked back at last year and was kind of formulating. And then when we sat down to do it, I was like, I'm just going to do this yep. while we're sitting here because it's a lot more fresh. That right. and sometimes that unprepared, unscripted when you're doing predictions like this uh, produces some interesting discussion. Right. So I actually was thinking the whole time, I'm going Houston 1. But then as I thought about it, I still like Houston. Oh, I, I really like Houston, and I'm going to put them at 9 or 10 wins. Yeah. And so I really I. like them. And I really like down to, Deshaun Watson. Is Deshaun oh Watson ready to go? Right. Uh, and I, I think he'll be good enough. But it goes back to the idea I talked about earlier about how much did teams get better. Right. I think Tennessee, Tennessee got a notch better than Houston each did. Each of the last they couple tied years, they've last had year. so many, like, so much talent coming in. Oh, man. I think I think they they could really get it going. Right. Um, so It'll be I, interesting. I, I don't know. But, oh, man, I really think it would be interesting. I, I think they get it going in the right direction here. Yeah. Houston... It, they uh, were nine and seven last year. They they had not they had no business being on the field with New England in week three. We we all we we saw that. We watched that happen. Then you say that <laughs> they should have won that game. Twenty seven nothing. Uh, no no sorry no it was the playoff, the playoff game. It was the playoff game. game. I got it. No mixed early up. in the season twenty seven yeah. nothing. Then they didn't look great against the Vikings in their second loss. They couldn't get over the hump against the Broncos, but the Broncos were flying high at that point. Yeah. Then you get to midway point of the season, and they lost to the Raiders by a touchdown, the Chargers by eight, and the Packers by eight before falling to the Titans by a touchdown. Now, I know some of their wins were also close. Actually, all of their wins were close. They won by a touchdown, by three, they played by without five, a quarterback. by one, by two, but they're doing all this all without a quarterback. Right. So if Deshaun Watson and can I know, do anything like he did at Clemson. I know there's talk about like, oh, well, Bill O'Brien's supposed to be the quarterback guy, all this stuff. None of the guys that were there are the guys he wanted there. Right. None of them. He had Osweiler last year. Right. He didn't want Osweiler. The GM, who O'Brien admittedly doesn't get along with, brought right. Osweiler in. Like, that's where that came from. So, I think Deshaun Watson. You think he gets the nod? Absolutely. I mean, he's a 12th he overall pick to. in the draft. Put him in. 
You're telling me he's not better than whoever they have as the backup right now? The oh, the kid from Pitt? Tom who, Savage? Yeah, who can't remember anything because he has like 18 concussions. Well, Brandon Whedon? You know, exactly. Deshaun Watson could play with his opposite hand I and be better than both of those guys. I think actually this mirrors Penn State when O'Brien was there to a T because no one thought Hackenberg was going to start as a freshman. Right. So they're piping up time seven, the Heimlich, and all of a sudden Deshaun Watson comes in to steal the show. I think that's a lot like what you yeah. saw um, with Penn State in uh, in 20, uh, 2012. They keep no, talking about ah, Tom Savage. They like what they see. They just need to. Yeah, but how many years do you have to like what you see until you. Hey, we want to see it now. You know, like well, I, Deshaun Watson is going to play. I don't know that it'll be week one. I think it would be foolish not to when they start at the Jaguars. Yeah, start Deshaun Watson. You know, yeah. I and then you have so the you got Bengals, the Bengals week, going downhill, and then you got the Patriots, the Patriots week, three. week three again. Yeah, at Gillette again. Okay, so maybe you wait till week four to start him, but <laughs> <laughs> but even there, okay. Or worst case scenario, Deshaun Watson starts week six. You got the Browns at home, and then you go into the bye. And then you have Seattle coming out. I know that's crazy, but you have the bye to get ready for it. You know what I mean? Like, see, I think like this is so a team. I start them week one. They've won the division the last two years with nobody's a quarterback. But Brian Hoyer, um, who just Brock Osweiler, uh, who else has played down there over the last few years? Name Everyone, every Brandon Whedon. Like, yeah, exactly. So this is the thing. You're telling me Deshaun Watson can't go out there and hand the ball off forty times a game and be as effective as Tom Savage or. We saw what those other guys could do, which was nothing. Right. right? You're giving it to Lamar Miller, too. You're not giving it to some slouch. Right. So we saw what those guys can do. Let the defense be the defense. Get some productivity and let the young guy learn. And then, okay, so it's a rocky start to the season. And you know what's happening by the time you get to the playoffs? Your rookie quarterback's ready to go. You know, like he, he has a full season under his belt. He's really ready to go. He's learned a lot. Under... Bill O'Brien, who's a great coach for quarterbacks, I just I don't see any way how how this team and it let's let's look at it the other way. And I know he's a rookie, but if you're a veteran on this team, you're telling me you're like, yeah, let's just pin it all on Tom Savage and Brandon Whedon this year. No, no, you you want the new right. hotness because you want. <laughs> That's you Watson. want three months from the beginning of the season when we're going to the playoffs. Yeah, we got Deshaun Watson. He's ready He's to go He's our Dak now. Prescott. Yeah, yeah, that's what they're thinking. He's ready to go. Right. Yeah, and I completely agree. And like now I'm like, man, I should, maybe I should have picked him. Players, no, I still think no. they're going to win 10 games. I think they go win 10 games, and I think they lose the tiebreaker or maybe a game to right. the Titans. It's so not we'll a statement about game. them. It's but they also they went 9-7 last year without J.J. Watt. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. And J- – you know what? You know what got overlooked, and I have to give credit because I I busted him at the time. Yes, Clowney. Yeah, Clowney. Yeah. He he lived up to the hype last yep. year. He really did, and so he er- he earned that from me. Not that I busted him, but I was in that boat where like, oh man, Dude, this is come on, where it's are you starting at? to go. Let's yeah. go. But now we did mention they lost Bowie, the cornerback, right? The so I think that's a, I think that's a big loss. They 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 have some defensive deficiencies. Okay, so we don't Will, overlook that. Right. Does Will Fuller really step up this year? Have a big second year because that could be huge. You know, like well, imagine Watson buying time in the backfield while Fuller's running his route. Right. Like there's a lot of potential. There's going to be rocky times. There's going to be inconsistencies. But and I think they're at least a nine ten win team. And I know at there least. are some other issues. I like the Dante Foreman pickup. 
I know he's got something well, he's got to sort through today. Like now. Right? I know. I know. <laughs> I, I read the statement from his lawyer, and I, maybe I'm guns, gullible. Guns and weed, right? I, I heard. I heard the gun was licensed and properly secured, and, and he's willing to take his. the drug test. Yeah. The drug test. I, yeah, I know. Now, I saw that too. Now he might be downing cases of water right now, but I don't know. <laughs> so, but. Yeah, so that is a bad situation for him to get himself in, but I think in the end it'll end up working out okay for him. Um, I, I like what they did. I think they're a 10-win team, so I think they improved from last year. I just don't think they improved the most in the division. Yeah. Speaking of uh, former players now coaching, yeah. Mike Rabel's a big one. Wes Welker. Uh, Larry Izzo. Right, Wes Welker. So, again, they're just they're all over. They're all over the coaching staff yeah. now. Uh, it's, it's, it's fun to see. But, yeah, so Texans – Bill O'Brien's getting it done. Like you, you know, I I know a lot of people want to rail against him because they're not winning a lot of games. They've won nine the three years he's been there. Look at what they've done. Look at who he's done that with. A great defense and no one on offense. And look what he did at Penn State. The first two years when it all happened. Now I know the sanctions, the roster sanctions hit harder more, but he had to deal with the aftermath, the beginning of everything, and he won eight games with Matt McGloin. Moxie. Seven years with a freshman quarterback. Matt McGloin, the Eagle, by the way. <laughs> That's true. So, nine wins, three years in a row, winning the division twice, making the playoffs the last two years, obviously. So, I think things are going up for Houston. I just think Tennessee also is working that step-by-step process after getting Mariota a few years ago that I think they are going to give Houston a tough time. And I think, ultimately that Tennessee actually will come out on top after tying with Houston last year, but not making the playoffs because of tiebreakers. I think the Titans leapfrog the Texans. Texans still fighting for a wild card. We'll get into who we think will get that in about a month or so. So Tennessee, I, I put it all on because at this moment, I have to give the nod to Mariota over Watson. That's what it comes yes, down to. Yes, exactly. That's what it comes down exactly, to. Exactly. Because I think they've improved a lot in the, all the other positions. So, even if we call it a wash in the other positions, and I really like Deshaun Watson, Mariota's been good. Until he broke his leg, he was really good. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to continue to see him make improvements. And so at this point, I'm going to give him the nod over Deshaun Watson. I think if you're Houston, if you're looking, well, if if Watson can be as good as Mariota, we're good. You know, like we're, we're really good. You know, like I think that's kind mm-hmm. of – how you have to look at it right now. In the end, I hope they I think they project him. They think he'll be even better. But I think we've seen that Mariota is not a system organ quarterback. He he's for real. Yep. And um, he's gotten better each year, which yes, is a great sign. Right. And if he gets better again this year, look out. I think they get better. They went I'm nine gonna, and seven last I'm gonna year. I'm gonna put him at eleven win. wins. Okay. So, so I think it's really close five, to the ten Texans, and six. But I'm think... I'm gonna give him the tie, but I'm gonna give them the, the tiebreaker okay. this year. I don't okay. know if it'll be head to head or if it'll be divisional record right. or whatever. I say ten and six. And what gives me a little bit of pause is yeah, while every loss but one last year, so six of their seven losses was nine or less, a lot of their wins were tight as well. They beat mm-hmm. the Lions by a point, they beat the Browns by two. Um, they beat the Bears by six. They beat the Broncos by three. They beat the Chiefs by two. And they beat the Texans by by a touchdown. So, you know, not too many games were they winning by a comfortable, I'd say, nope. 13, 14 point right. margin or more. Uh, but they lost a lot of close games. So if they can maintain that, you know, some would call it luck. Others would just say that it's a good team of winning Winning the close games and also converting a few that they just missed on. Right. You know, they won it, nine last year. It'll I think be interesting, they can win though. ten. 
They went two and four in the division last year. Right. So that, that, that's they've got they've well, got to flip that, and I think they will. I think they get to four and two in the division. And the bit year. now, when did Mariota break his leg? I don't remember. I, it it to, was late, but I don't know when it was. I'm trying to let me see if we can figure this out. Um, I want to see where here season that is against so week Jackson, sixteen. Yep. Oh. Well, and in that, a loss. Well, and I was just going to say, did Mario to play the whole game? Because that's an ugly loss. Week yeah. 16, playoffs on the line because right. they tied with the right. Texans at 9-7. Jacksonville beats them on Christmas Eve. You know, yeah, they rebounded and beat the Texans next week, but I don't think it mattered. No, I think Houston knew. Houston they could, knew they, that even if they lost, right, it didn't they matter. Right, because they had the tiebreaker. Right. Yeah, because so that loss to Jackson was crippling. Now, I know they lost Mariota. I don't remember what point of the game they lost right. him. I feel like it was fairly early Giving in the up game, 38 but, points to Jacksonville. Right. You know, that that's, that's cause for concern right there. But I'm going to stick with the Titans. We need that overturn. You know, that yeah. turnover in our predictions. So we're both going to go with Tennessee. This one could come back to bite us, but, you know, hey, you got to deal with that sometimes. Um, trying to think, did they do anything? Oh, they brought in Cyprian from the Jaguars. We talked about him already. Uh, Logan Ryan uh, from the Patriots, defensive back, won a few Super Bowls there. Um, unher- one of the unheralded New England secondary players. Uh, he's an, a good addition for them. And Sylvester Williams from the Broncos, another defensive lineman. Uh, that was a nice addition for the Titans, but they. I, they, I like the Corey Davis pick. Oh, um, the the now, number five overall, right. yeah. In you know, to be a little transparent, I watched Western Michigan. I believe their conference championship game and their bowl game are the games I saw. Um, and in there, you saw a lot of highlights of his from the season. The kid can play; <laughs> he can fly. So that'll be interesting. They and, and okay, Adoree Jackson. You know, so he he's could an be, interesting pick there. Yeah, uh, you know, we saw him kind of play as a slash player in college. He got hurt in the bowl game against Penn State. He was a difference maker there when he was healthy, though. Yep. And uh, if he can play, you know, develop into kind of a nickel dime cornerback, especially guy, but also a returner, that'll be a huge boom for the Titans. And um, I'm trying to want to take a look at their schedule, so they don't have. Ooh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, they got a bit of a, a tough one. They finished second in the division, so they have a second-place team schedule. That could affect them a little bit. You know, open with the Raiders. Then they got to beat the Jags. Like, you got to right. beat teams like that, teams that you are probably better than on paper. You got to win those games. Yep. Before you, Now, you get to welcome Seattle in, but Seahawks obviously not a pushover. Travel to Houston, possible playoff team. Travel to Miami, I hope a possible playoff team. They were last year. Colts again. We're not quite sure, but at a home you game, have to beat that. You have to, you win, have to that. win that one at Cleveland. You definitely have to right. win that. Then you, you come out the Ravens. That's probably a game you have to win, especially because it's at home and back to back against Ravens yeah. and Bengals, both right. teams that have been. Then trending. you go to the Steelers. You probably lose that one. That's a primetime game in Pittsburgh. And then you got Colts and Texans back to back on the road and at home. Right. You got to win you those gotta, two. You got to go four. If they want to win the division, they got to go from two and four to four and two. Yep. Yeah. At, at worst. Right. Right. So you look at it how it ends though. At Arizona, who knows what that is? At San Francisco, that you gotta win be, that. You gotta one. win that game. Then you host the Rams and, and Jaguars. Jaguars to end. So three teams, weeks 15, 16, and 17, as we're in the holidays, Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, have to be guaranteed wins. Like they have to be yeah, chalk up they two could, and oh. So, you know, say after San Francisco you beat San Francisco, they could easily you're sitting go at five and one after yeah. the Steelers game, though. Right. Oh yeah. 
So yeah. people may be counting them out after a loss at the Steelers. They, they can't might, count themselves. They out, might though. be they like, know. right? They might be at like six and you know four or something at that point. Yeah, but they could easily end up you know eleven and five with that schedule. So we'll see. We'll see. So to recap, we're pretty much in agreement. Then we have the Jaguars in last or tied for last with the Colts, um, six and ten, seven and nine. Colts seven and nine to eight and eight. Then we have the Texans in second, but they go about 10 and 6, challenge for a wild card. Just miss out on the division title for a third straight year to the Titans, who we have. I have them tying at 10 and 6, but winning on the tiebreaker, and you have them at 11 and 5. So there's our AFC South. So Titans and Bucks, two shows in a row for me. Uh, flip some division winners. Hopefully that pans out uh, for me, but I think we're. I think we're looking at a, a, a fun race in the AFC South again. Yeah. Um, I, I think Maybe a little bit better football each year. I know the Colts right. are the one that's really lacking there. Like, if the Colts would be better, that'd be a pretty strong division. Especially now with the Texans having a young quarterback, right. the Titans almost but entering the prime of even, Mariota. Even if the Colts can hold steady in, the, in Jacksonville, raises the bar Luck, a little bit. Luck, Mariota, Watson, and then if love, Portals figures it out. I'd love it. Well, not really, but it's fun when the teams are all pushing 500 or better because then, you know, it's not like, oh, there's a game that's just going to be a drag in this division. You know, not nothing like that. So. Right. All right. So um, we actually do have an email here. So we're going to go to the uh, May Sandwich Shop email in- inbox and talk about, obviously, NFL here. This one's coming from my Uncle Rich in Massachusetts, uh, and he has some things to say. So, all right. So this is Rich. Welcome back. I missed you guys. And as far as picks go, so far, once again, I agree more with Justin than with Joe. Falcons in the NFC South, Seahawks in the NFC West, and Raiders in the AFC West, which is, I believe, all three of your picks. Yeah. Not all that different than mine because I picked Atlanta to challenge for maybe make a wild card, but I picked the Bucks. I did pick the Seahawks, and then I picked the. Um, the Chiefs in the West, but I said that I expected the Raiders to challenge for a wild card, if not win it. Again, we haven't gotten into our wild cards yet. And he says, since tonight should be AFC South and the Jags. Wait, is he picking the Jags? Oh, he's saying the AFC South and the Jags. So I'm, I'm guessing he's not picking the Jaguars. Right, I'm guessing. Yeah. I, I don't really know. Uh, he wants to let us know that he's going to be at the Patriots practice against the Jaguars on Monday, August seventh. And Tuesday, August 8th, before their first preseason game on Thursday night, August 10th. So he's going to get some practices in there. Uh, feel free to get any and all autographs, mm-hmm. even though we don't like the Patriots or we like the Jaguars. Right. We don't like you know, the Patriots, but feel free we to have, send them our way. Right. We have know? started saying they're good. We, we just don't like yeah. them that they're good. It, actually, if you're going there and you will get autographs, I will send you our show shirt and you yeah. can get our show shirt. We should signed. get him a football for Gronk to spike. That's, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. We should just give him the helmet and tell him you can break it, but you have to record it. But you have to be yeah, recording yeah. breaking it. Um, he gives us a little intro. Clip. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But, and you know what? I actually, I don't know that. Did we get. Yeah, we did get Chad and John to sign the shirt. They were the first ones mm-hmm. to sign the shirt. Yeah, we took it to the park revitalization. Yeah, when we moved like 100 yards of mulch. Oh, my gosh. That was so, was so like much mulch. So degrees. much mulch. 
so uh, my uncle continues, I will be wearing my Joe Mays and J-Rap. I didn't read that. I'll be wearing my Joe Mays and J-Rap shirt at the practices. So maybe Chad can come by and say hi. I will try to let him know uh, <laughs> that you will be there uh, if there's some time to uh, greet fans. So I'll tell him to look for the shirt. Uh, I got to figure out if it's gray or blue, though. I, we've had them on enough. It might be blue, but again, it, it could be the gray right. one. Again, the blue is the exclusive one. You only yeah. get that if you've yeah. been on the show or if you uh, won a contest or something. Yeah. Uh, he says, looking forward to tonight's show, but you do know Game of Thrones is on at 9. We do know that, and that's why we started earlier. <laughs> so, I had no idea why we started earlier. <laughs> that gives you an idea where, yeah. where I'm where, at. Priorities. Game of Thrones starts at 9, so we have to be done. But we're I've wrapping up here anyways. At all. Oh, you definitely don't want to start now because we're on season 7. So <laughs> well, you will be completely yeah, lost. Yeah, it's no desire to really see it. Not uh. my thing. It's overrated. <laughs> Dude, well, see, here's the thing about it. We didn't watch the first season. We watched the first season right before the second season, and then we watched from there on out. Kelly read all the books. Actually, I got her the books, and she read them all. But the show is at the point, and it kind of was there last year, too, at, at some point where the show is now past where the books go, because George R. R. Martin takes like 10 years to write a book. He's not done with the next one. So everyone's been in the shadow since kind of last year, and now definitely we have no idea what's going on. People, There are theories out there, but no one knows for sure. So we're at that point now, but... The show is so unique, but brutal, both on screen and to you mentally. And if you get emotionally connected to anyone, this is not the show for you. And I've said this to multiple people, including fans like my wife uh, and other people that we talk with. Greg and Laura really enjoy it. And I say, I will never watch Game of Thrones again, ever. Like, it's not something I'm rewatching. Like, when the... The season DVDs come out, Blu-rays, digital, whatever. Not I'm that. like, I, at the beginning, I was like, oh, we love the show. We should get that. I'm like, am I ever going to watch it again? No way am I putting myself through that <laughs> because it's brutal. Like, literally, the first five seasons were heartbreaking. And you're just like, how? Like, you sit there and it's not like I'm not going to cry over it because it's not like that. There's very specific things. people do. Oh, yeah. But there's very specific things in entertainment that can make me cry. And Kelly knows what they are. Um, Well, I mean, it's it's real life events. That's the kind of stuff that gets to me, not this fictional kind of stuff. But this, like, is so maddening. Like, it's just like, oh, my gosh, how? Like, there's parts of season three (laughs) that I wanted to rip my eyes out (laughs) of a frustration. And that's actually the point where I said I told Kelly to spoil it for me because I would be... I would feel more comfortable watching the show Knowing if I knew coming. what was coming. Because what happens in season three, I just pretty much threw, like, if, if I was holding <laughs> papers, I just sort of thrown them up and walked away. And, uh, yeah, so Game of Thrones does come back tonight at 9 o'clock on HBO, and that's where Kelly and I will be in 25 minutes. And uh, <laughs> Rich is watching now. He's here enough to test it. He says it's a gray shirt. Um so he has to. He missed the beginning of the show, so he's going to listen to it in the archive. But he does have one of the gray shirts. Right. Um, so I, I'm going to let if I can get the word out to Chad. Um, I do think I can get in contact with him, but I will let him know that Rich will be there repping the show, and maybe he can uh, weed his way through the crowd if if the players have any kind of time to address um, the fans. Just send him a Henning jersey. Just, <laughs> that would be just awesome. Shut up. I have a Jags Henning so, jersey. I have. 
my parents have a Jags one. I have a Dolphins one. I, well, that of course, work, I, obviously, but. I have Dolphins, Jaguar stuff, or Dolphins, Henny stuff, too. But I actually have a Jags jer- jersey for Henny before they changed into what they wear now. I think that's what the one my parents I have. have a, I have so. a white, white Henny Jaguar jersey. So, okay. Well, let's uh, start to wrap this up. I'm, I'm, thank you for the email, Rich. It's nice to hear from you and from anyone. We haven't gotten emails recently, probably because we've had downtime and the topics always aren't always ones that... Um, everyone's interested in but now we're back on football we're halfway through our division predictions so our four division champs we talked about um, falcon seahawks raiders and titans for you i'm buccaneers seahawks chiefs and titans we got four more to go i will be here next week doing a show i don't know if i'll be by myself or not it will be the nfc north so we'll be talking bears lions packers vikings then, once again, we're going to have another break, two weeks, no shows, on the 30th and the 6th of August. But then when we come back on August 13th, from there to the Super Bowl, there shouldn't be too many shows missed. Obviously, the holidays are a different story, right. but you know we'll have a Joe Mays and JF show or a Bulldog Hour every week from August 13th, basically, to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, so. it'll be uh, hot and heavy. If you like to hear us talk about football, this is where to be. Absolutely. So, um, I think that's pretty much everything. Is there anything else you want to address uh, since you haven't been here for about a month? No. I didn't know if there was anything <laughs> um, that you wanted to touch on Not or right if there was anything you wanted to spouse about from, what, three weeks ago when I did the loan show on the, the South, NFC South. Anything uh, no, I think, to... I think I'm good. Okay. Then we'll wrap things up. I always forget I want to move this business stuff to the beginning of the show, and I I forget. So uh, I will do that all now. For more of us, go to jmnjrradio.com. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at jmnjr underscore radio, at Joe Mays and JRAF, at jmflyer with a Y, 1454, and at Mr. underscore Raffoff. Uh, birthday shout outs we're in mid-july i know of some coming up but i don't know of any yeah right right now well i know before the next the next show i do will be laura so happy birthday to laura and i know since you won't be here happy early birthday to you thank you um that's why july is the best (laughs) month right yeah (laughs) (laughs) how about those espies though peyton manning did kill it he did pretty good that was pretty good uh, I'm they sure were, we'll, they were into us. <laughs> so I'm sure we're forgetting some, and I'll try to remember to do that on next week's show. Again, episode 239 will be next Sunday, July 23rd, and I will be covering the NFC North, maybe with a guest, maybe not. We'll see. Um, but I think that's everything. So thanks for joining us. This wraps up the 238th episode of the Joe Mays and J-Rap Show. We hope you tune in every Sunday for our take on sports. Until next time, I'm J-Rap. And I'm Joe Mays. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Joe Mays and JRAF show. Tune in every Sunday for the latest sports discussions from Joe and Justin. Each episode is available live on Facebook Live and can be downloaded or streamed on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can interact with Joe and Justin on Facebook and Twitter and stay up to date with the guys at JoeMaysAndJRAF.com. The Joe Mays and JRAF show is part of the JMNJR radio network. For more info, visit jmnjrradio.com.